Ooh, I didn't. This is one thing yeah. I didn't know about Fred. I was gonna say <laughs> usually it's like, can I have, can I have extra bacon? I'll take his bacon. Not only does he request red only M Ms, <laughs> no bacon near my cheeseburger. <laughs> this is Bourbon Pursuit, the official podcast of Bourbon bringing to you the best in news, reviews, and interviews with people making the bourbon whiskey industry happen. And I'm one of your hosts, Kenny Coleman. Now, every year we try to do something a little bit different for Christmas, and it's not always focused around bourbon. And I'm sure you spend a lot of time with your bourbon friends talking about bourbon, but it's always fun and interesting to talk about something on a little bit more of a personal level. And this year, we decided to bring back some icebreaker questions that you might remember we used to open up our shows with doing that with guests but we did it so you can get to know a little bit more about us. We hope you enjoy them. And from the entire Bourbon Pursuit team, happy holidays, everyone. Now, enjoy this week's episode. And they're off for another Gift 270 2020 Unicorn Raffle. Your $20 ticket gives you not one, but two chances to win from our lineup of 20 Woodford Reserve treasures, including the grand prize, the rarest unicorn yet, the Woodford Reserve Kentucky Derby 150 Baccarat Edition. Only 150 bottles were made and is just like the one the Derby winning owner receives. Quit horsing around and get your $20 tickets now at Give270.org. Charitable Gaming License ORG 0002703. From their bar to yours, Chad and Sarah of the popular YouTube channel It's Bourbon Night bring you their favorite at-home old-fashioned mix with the new Elemental Elixir's Golden Hour Syrup. It's a custom-made syrup with notes of bold black tea, warm spices, and orange zest. All you need is your favorite whiskey and ice. No bitters needed. One bottle makes 16 drinks, so that's only $1 cocktail before you add your own whiskey. They can also be enjoyed in other cocktails or spirits, mocktails, coffee, tea, and anything you can think of. It's crafted locally in Lexington, Kentucky, and you can get your bottle now at whiskeyambitions.com. Ed Bly and Rising Tide Spirits are back again with a new release of Old Stubborn Bourbon. And this release of Old Stubborn is a premium hand marriage of 10, 11, and 12-year cask drink, barely filtered pot still bourbon. It comes in at a staggering 123.8 proof. And the flavoring grain for this one, which the last one was weeded, but this time it's now rye. Rich, sweet, and bold with a long finish that's sure to be another eye-opener. You can order online at Sealbox or TheBourbonConcierge.com, and you can even purchase in person at Revival Vintage Spirits, and even now with very few select stores in Kentucky. You can get it now while you can, but be sure to do it because it's not going to last long. Welcome, everybody to another episode of Bourbon Pursuit, the official podcast of bourbon. However, this one's going to be a little bit different. We're not going to be talking a ton about bourbon. It's our Christmas special, and we try to do something a little bit different every year to give folks an insight just a little bit more about the team and everything else. And last year's Christmas, we actually had Lauren on the show. You got to learn about some of the back-end operations and her background and how she really kind of keeps a lot of us in check. Uh, you mm-hmm. nobody, nobody realizes the amount of editing that she has to go through and make sure we sound as dumb or as smart as we we actually do come across. Yeah, it was her her first and last uh, ever recording. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> She's like, I'm out. One, one hit wonder. <laughs> <laughs> never again, never again. So this one's going to be interesting. So there was a thing that we used to do, it was like, what, earlier last year or maybe last year. We didn't really do too many this year. And we used to open the show with an icebreaker, kind of a way yep. to kind of get to know the guests a little bit more. And I think that kind of fell off because a lot of people really wanted us to get just really into the meat of the subject. And there was, there was some times, what, remember we, Fred, me, you, and Jackie, I think we talked about cheeseburgers for 45 minutes at some I point. I know, yeah. <laughs> I, and actually, it changed like the the dynamic of like, I can't remember who it was, but he changed how he made cheeseburgers based on my uh, calling out of like a particular style in Oklahoma. And like every time he makes one, he tags me. He's like, I can't thank Fred Minnick enough for talking about it a burden pursuit. It's like so cool. So that we we changed the world with that conversation, Kenny. Hey, I mean, you know what? There's uh, I want to give a shout out to if anybody follows Gotham's uh, Gotham Burger Club on Instagram. It's this awesome dude. Oh, I know. And all they do is just go and eat cheeseburgers around New York. Mm-hmm. Talk about a killer 
killer job. I mean, I don't know. It's either that or Steve Coombs being a, does, a pizza uh, judge. One or the other. Does yeah. Lipitor sponsor the show? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, he's a good dude. He came out to my event in New York, and I got to meet him. Didn't get to spend a lot of time with him, but just he's a supportive. He, you know, just like exactly who you'd expect to be kind of in like that role. Just like cool, conversational, and he loves bourbon, of course. Yeah, I love be. cheeseburgers. Cheeseburgers, bourbon, bourbon I'll with trade, cheeseburgers. I'll mm-hmm. trade bourbon for cheeseburgers. Good ones. That's what we should ask. What's the best cheeseburger in town in Louisville? Let's oh. start. You want to start? Let's go ahead. We'll start with the icebreakers. I'll take that one I because I know always that I go to. And again, if you're not from Louisville, if you're coming here and you want to find out more about things that are on the trail, we do have a Yelp list. But this is one that's on the Yelp list for me is game. It's one of my favorites here in town. It is they going they, non-traditional okay well i mean it's it's you know they have they got what you got bison you got kangaroo you got wagyu uh, elk elk rabbit mm-hmm. duck i mean you got all kinds of meat and then if you're feeling like you're really hungry you can get uh, a pork belly topper and it adds like an extra three inches on top of your burger it's it's a heart attack and a nap all in one yeah sounds like it but i love i love bison burgers those are good yeah i like bison when I'm trying to feel a little less guilty about my burger game, mm-hmm. I go bison, bison or elk. <laughs> what about you, Fred? You got a favorite burger joint in, in town? You know, I mean, it, I used to. It closed down, uh, and it wasn't really a burger joint, but Corbett's used to make the best burger. Like he, yeah. just, he grounded up steak, and it was so amazing. Um, you know, I'm a big fan, and and I know this is this is not going to be on a lot of people's radars. I'm a big fan of Caram's. It's really close to me, so that's always nice. So, but I know what to get every time, and I love the crispness of the of the buttered bun, and I like the unevenness of the patty. Like you just like you know you can tell they threw it on the grill and they smashed it. I really am not a fan of the perfectly made patties. I like I like patties that are uneven and you know it's like the the size and the spacing is different from time to time. But the most important part to my style of cheeseburger is the onion. Like I I love onion. And he's always got a really good crisp uh crunchy red onion that complements the the bun, uh the mustard I like and um and the cheese and the burger. So you're just like a kind of middle of the world, old fashioned, regular kind of cheeseburger. Not like we got to get mm-hmm. the caramelized onions. Got to get the fancy aioli. Yeah, no, I I'm not a fan of those. Uh, I I mean I don't don't get me wrong. I will eat them, but I love mustard. Um, and you know if I'm going to go add a little something to it, I'll add some jalapenos, uh, maybe a barbecue sauce instead of um of mustard, but. I, I don't like um, when I used to cover restaurants. That was one of the one of my assignments was like going to various. I remember going to Cousins, WW Cousins, and like having all the toppers and everything. And I didn't like it. Uh, I didn't. Uh, I don't even like bacon on my cheeseburgers. I like. I just like. I like to be able to taste the meat, the bun, kind of cheese combo. Might be blasphemy to some of our listeners Jeez. out there. No, I, so when I do get bacon on there, I'll pull it off the side and eat it. Uh, I, don't, I don't like it on the cheeseburger. Ooh, I didn't. This is one thing yeah. I didn't know about Fred. I was going to say, <laughs> usually it's like, can I, have, can I have extra bacon? I'll take his bacon. Not only does he request red only M&M's, <laughs> no bacon near my cheeseburger. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, well, Ryan, you asked it. I'll let you answer your question. I always have a hard time saying best because all, as with everything, I have like two. So I'll go... If you're going for like best traditional cheeseburger, Shady Lane Cafe on Brownsboro Road, Rudy Lane is mm-hmm. phenomenal. Not a lot of people know about it. It's a they, they do now. Way to go! It's a quirky place. It's interesting, but man, cheeseburgers and fries are good there. And then like non traditional, I love Grind's uh, Grind Burger Bars B and B Burger. Uh, it's I don't even know. I think it's brie bacon, and then there's like. Everything Fred hates. There's brie bacon and like a jalapeno <laughs> chutney on it or something. And it's like sweet, salty, and like it's everything. It's perfect. <laughs> All right. Well, let's keep this food trend going. So I'll ask another one. So so what's the best meal that you know how to cook? 
here lately I've been nailing my ribs. They've been really good, but probably best overall is like I really know how to nail a beef tenderloin on my smoker. Uh, get like a nine or ten pound prime tenderloin from Costco, put on my mm-hmm. pit barrel smoker. It's perfect. It hangs down, you know, and it's something about the convection around it. So I I cook it, smoke it for like ninety minutes in there, and then I fire up the grill and like get it as hot as I can and sear it on both sides. And man, it is like. Everybody loves that when they come over. Yeah, it sounds awesome. Yeah. yeah. We're waiting for the invite. Yeah, I know. I'm getting that invite. <laughs> I know. It's usually for people I don't even like, so I'll definitely invite you guys. <laughs> yeah, ho- hopefully they don't listen to the show. You know, I'm kidding. I don't like them now. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. I love everyone that comes to my house. You know, I got to say, I, I, I got to say, it's probably going to be uh, a strip steak. I'm very specific about the strip steak. Um, I like, I, I love, I love ribeyes, but I think anybody can, I think you don't need a lot of skill to cook steak to make the ribeye shine. Cause ribeyes, they, they cook so well, all that fat pushes in there and it's really good. I think strip steak takes a little bit of cooking skill and I, and I love a cast iron skillet searing at both sides, sticking it in like the, uh, in the broiler, um, finishing it off and I, I love I love like cooking it with butter salt and pepper pushing the garlic in there and just you know that to me a strip steak is where is where I shine for, uh, for <laughs> cooking well that's that's good so I'm on the opposite you all are you know your meats I have a tendency to either go 30 seconds too long or 30 seconds too short and it's like I could just never get the doneness perfectly so you all went on the, the turf side, so I'm going to go to the surf side. And for some reason, maybe it's just a big green egg or whatever it is, but you put a salmon on a plank and you run it at 400, 425 degrees for like 15 minutes, man, and use a little uh, Raging River rub on it. Ooh. I swear, that's some of the best salmon that you're going to have. I mean, my wife says all the time that, you know, she'll go out and she'll eat salmon a lot of different places. And I'll tell you what, 99% of the time, it doesn't beat that. And it's 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 probably one of the best meals that that I think I it's always a good go to. Just takes yeah. a lot of planning. Salmon on the grill, grill is awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm. And it, it, it it's I, I'm with Lauren. Every time I go somewhere and order salmon, I'm like oh, I'm gonna be a little healthy. And I'm like, well, it's not as good as home. <laughs> yeah. And I've had your salmon before, Kenny. It's it's really good. It is good. It's good. Because yeah, salmon's not the healthiest fish by any means. Because well, you it get is. all you got that that white stuff, all the fat bubbling out of it, and that's when you know it's done. Ah, fat's good. It's all those omega threes. Yeah, it's the good. It's the good fat. Yeah. You keep telling me that, and I'll just keep eating it. How about that? Well, it's not like, you know, it's you're not like, like the visceral like, ribeye fat. You're you're uh you're you're pretty thin, so I don't think you got to worry about it, bud. You uh, like you you like burn calories. I look at something and gain ten pounds, so you're good. Uh, <laughs> it's it's a it's a lot of running around. I, I I somehow burn it off. Should we uh, should we stay in the food thing? Should we say one more food question here? Yeah, I'm I'm down with that. Why not? Right. I got another one for you. So you go to the movies. Mm-hmm. You go with candy, chocolate, or popcorn. Oh boy, I tell you, it depends on who's on the in the movie with me. If it's my son, there's going to be a chocolate there, but everybody, there's a popcorn. There's always a popcorn to pass around. But for me personally, I got to have Twizzlers. Twizzlers are my jam. Oh. I, I would, I love them. I love them. I always have, I don't like red vines. I love Twizzlers. And, and I think that my, my, my affection for Twizzlers just goes back to when I was a kid. You know, they were always, it's always what I liked. And it's, it's reminds me of going, uh, you know, uh, Halloween trick or treating. You know, and um, yeah. Unfortunately, going back to the to the weight thing, you know, now I'm like, I'm, 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 <laughs> it all comes back to that. Done. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having to uh, be a little bit more mindful of uh, uh, of the Twizzlers, so I've I've had to say no a few times. Diet Twizzlers. They don't make Diet Twizzlers. Low low calorie Twizzlers. <laughs> Like the, St- what was Steve it? Was it, the, was it the low calorie gummy bears that got all those kind of crazy reviews on Amazon where people just like pretty much lost their stomachs? <laughs> I don't know. Go Google every, it. You'll every find time it. they try to make something, you know, less caloric that's, you know, made out of sugar, it just sucks. There's no replacing the the recipe. No. no. Ryan, what about you? How often do you Man. go to movies? Uh probably I don't know, three or four times a year, maybe. All right. But I, I, I 
We tend to do both. So I get we get snow caps and dump them into our popcorn. Really? Yeah. So snow caps are like the little white, like yeah, chocolate got, morsels, and they have the white little s- sprinkles on it's top. Like a, yeah. It's like the perfect balance of sweet and salty. I don't know. I always like dipping my fries in frosty, and it kind of I'm it's on the same train. Oh, you're it's one like, of those people. Hey, hey, yeah. hey! Don't knock the fries and the frosty. They're oh, special. That is epic. All right, so I'll I'll throw another one out for y'all. So this is this is kind of one for people maybe maybe know a lot just a little bit more about you. So what was your first job? Like your first paycheck? Like what was it? Where'd you get it from? Oh boy, I'll I'll mean, tell mine. So mine was soccer refereeing. So that was that was kind of how I I got my my little first start into into the work world. Was you know I was doing I was playing soccer for a long time and mm-hmm. got into the referee side of the world and that's how so I made a lot of money growing up doing that you know all day on Saturday from eight until six p.m. So when I was uh, ten to twelve, I I started my own mowing business. My dad would drive me around and I would mow people's yards, but that wasn't really a job as 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 much as it was like, you know, people having pity on me and because I was asking, <laughs> you know. Um but the when old, I old medic over here asked yeah, me to cut our yard. It was it was pity. Believe me, looking looking back, uh, th- that was definitely pity work, especially I mean, I, I like broke hoses. I disconnect, uh, you know, I weed eated and like disconnected an air conditioning hose and all kinds of random stuff like that and like uh, dug up gopher hole. Just anyway, uh, I'd say the real first job I had was about 13, 14. And it, I had, um, I bought a horse. Um, I bought this beautiful Palomino, you know, stud and I was, you know, trying to break it. And we were having some problems and we even brought in like a, um, we, we brought in like a consultant to, to like break it. Somebody yeah. from the Yellowstone Ranch? Uh, you know, he would be, he's a guy who shooed horses for a living. So he was in that like, that circuit of like traveling around. Like he would go to, uh, to ranches and, and shoe horses. So he was one of those guys. His name was Rusty. And he was just like, he's exactly here to shoot you your had. horse. Um, Are we saying shoot or shoe? Shoe, like shoot. Shot. Okay, I was yeah, like, so Ryan just shoot, said though. shoot. I was like, I was like Wait a what? Rusty, like, I'm rusty, and I'm here to shoot your horse. <laughs> no, <laughs> so so he'd call it shotting or you know shooting if he's a fair, and he would like you know come and like, uh, and that's a hard job to like put uh, horseshoes on a horse. Uh, anyway, so he's uh, he rides him around a little bit. He's like, yeah, I could break him for you, but it's gonna cost you. And he's a he's tough, you know, so he's gonna. But I'd recommend you getting them, you know, castrating them and making them a gilding. And what my first thought was, and you know, I had, you know, I had pigs, and you know, we castrated our own pigs and our own sheep and everything. I took one look at that horse. I was like, I'll fucking get killed if I try to castrate this horse. <laughs> and so well, I went to the vet and I said, Hey, uh, I don't have any money because you know my parents wouldn't pay for it, my grandparents wouldn't pay for it. Um, I said, I'll work for you if you'll castrate my horse. <laughs> and um, the old this is an amazing system. story. And uh, so we take him in, he castrates him. I worked there for, for three weeks, making I think three fifteen an hour, the equivalent of that. And I eventually get enough to pay it off. And the and the vet was like, uh, you know what? You worked all worked out all right. So he gave me a job, and I had that job all the way through uh, through high school, and worked there a little bit through college too. And I I thought I was going to be a vet uh, until I started writing, and I changed my mind. I want to be a writer. <laughs> what about you, Ryan? What was your first paycheck? Do you remember that? I know you you talk all the time yeah. about about weed eating at at all the distilleries and stuff like that. Well, my first paycheck was from my tight ass dad. You know, he owned a business, and he was a machinist. And so they had, uh, they did tool and die repair. So there was a lot of metal shavings. And so I'd have to go, I don't know, it was probably even earlier than 10, go and sweep up all the metal shavings and then shop vacuum and then clean all the coolant off. It was like disgusting. And everybody was like, why didn't you take your dad's business over? And I was like, because I did that shit and I hated it. <laughs> and, uh, so I, I hated that. And, uh, after about, I don't know, a couple of years, I started, working for a landscape company that mowed and stuff. And I weed eat it 
and they had the contract for heaven hill mowing all around the warehouses bush hog and stuff and he'd give me a weed eater and for eight hours i would just go weed eat until i ran out of gas go fill up <laughs> run out of gas or string you know and just keep going around those warehouses and every time you know be hot as hell and you'd run those those windows cool air would pop out of them you know so be like ah oh, air conditioning you know it was awesome but every afternoon or night i'd go up to somebody and like they're like why are your hands shaking all the time and i'm like because i've been weed eating for eight hours and they won't stop it's just like <laughs> the vibration from it just never went away but that's what i did in high school and then i loved it so much i got a damn degree in the shit <laughs> growing grass <laughs> turf to turf degree so it, it, did you did you get a turf management degree or was it landscape architecture turf management so it's uh it was agronomy is what it's called but yeah. with a emphasis in turf management so i wanted to be a golf course superintendent because i did love being outside and i love growing grass and seeing the nice green stripes and everything there's something therapeutic it, about it we had a we had a big program for that at Oklahoma State and had a lot of fraternity yeah, brothers. Good. That's a good a lot school. of fraternity brothers that uh got turf management and and those guys all they did was play golf. And I was like, Do you guys even go to class? They're like, Yeah, we're going to class. And they would <laughs> they would inspect the course, you know. It was just like incredible. And and like my buddy uh ended up getting like a um a course that had the, a lot of PGA events, so so he's a superintendent. I I don't remember where he's at now, but he he was at uh, he was at one that I think in Arkansas that had some uh, some PGA events, but that is that is an awesome gig because you those golf courses there's there are few things more beautiful than a well preserved, well maintained golf course. They're just beautiful. Yeah, it's definitely like man versus nature. Nature is trying to take like everything away from you and down from you, and you're like. It's definitely a science and art. Like, here's I, I can grow grass at like a tenth of an inch. Take that, Mother Nature. You know, it's <laughs> in Phoenix, Arizona. In Phoenix, Arizona, and then she's like, "Well, f you. I'm just going to kill everything with a disease." And then you're like, "Well, guess I'll start over." Or army worms. What's What's the best grass for that tenth of an inch? Is it creeping bent grass? Would that be the best grass yep. for that? So bent grass is. Uh, next would be like fine fescues or ryegrass. Uh, ryegrass is what Augusta plays on so people don't know this but augusta is only open three months out of the year and they overseed with ryegrass every single fall and so on in masters ryegrass hits its peak so it's pure green but then it dies like in the summer and they close the course down and so everybody's like make my yard look like augusta and i was like okay you give me 10 million dollars and you only want it to look good for three months i can do it wow yeah but I'm sure everybody's thrilled know. with uh, this grass talk. They probably want more <laughs> castration stories. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, it sounds like you had a pretty pretty difficult, like that was, I, I would think, if you can think of, right, I'll ask you too, Fred, is, is like what's the most like grueling and like overexerting physical straining job that you ever had? And I know this wasn't even a job. I remember... If anybody remembers, I think it was two. There was a big ice storm in two thousand and four. I think that's when it was, and back at University of Kentucky, and it was like the only time they had shut the entire school down for a week. But because of that, because of the ice storm, that means tons of trees fell over and all this other mm -hmm. kind of stuff. So one of my fraternity brothers called. Was like, hey, I got a guy that says we can make a, some extra money, basically going around following the truck and taking all these limbs and you know putting them in through the chipper. And I did that for, I think, eight hours one day, and it was insanely uh, physical of trying to like basically move massive logs with two people into a chipper and, and making sure that you stay away from that thing. And it, I remember he called me the next day. He's like, you ready to go? I was like, no, dude, my body is, I am wasted. There's no way you're getting me out for a second day to go and do this. At I work on <laughs> computers all day, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I, I was like. I ain't seen a limb in 10 years. Yeah. Have you seen my hands? There's <laughs> or no, ever. I've never no, touched a limb. There's no calluses on these hands. Don't you worry about that. So there's these things they call. So if you look at a golf course, you know, like bunker, if you ever watch like the real nice golf courses, they got real steep bunker faces, the grass that grows just above the sand, you know, to the green. And of course you can't get a mower on those 
and you can't weed eat because you need the grass to be even. So they have these things called fly mowers that basically you stand on top and you like sit on the hill and like it hovers on the grass and like mows it. So when you're an intern at Valhalla for the Ryder Cup, you get to do this all day, every day for, and you just hang on to like a steep bunker face, you know, it's like 20 and you're hanging on and you're like hanging this thing and you're swinging it back and forth and like, by 8 a.m., your clothes are, like, drenched in sweat, and you're like, I can't work anymore for the day. And they're like, too bad. Go eat, eat this hillside, <laughs> you know. But anyways, that that was my hard job. I, I'd say anything, you could take any point in the military. I think that's, that's too obvious. Uh, I had a job um, laying concrete, staying on the golf course, Laying laying concrete on a like a new golf course in El Reno, Oklahoma, the country club there, and I laid all the uh, all the sidewalks, and I was reminded of how much that laying concrete is like, how much that hurt my body. Like it would find like muscles that didn't I didn't know exist. When I was reminded of that when I started laying st- laying concrete in my backyard, like finishing my uh, my patio area, and um, man, there's just th- that's hard work, um, you know, getting up because it never st- you, you never do it at like ten o'clock. You know, you start at like four a.m. or five a.m. and end at like five o'clock, and a beer never tasted so good than when you've been working all day like that. Um, Another hard one was probably being a uh, a UPS um, unloader, um, you know, keeping the pace uh, in UPS store or not a UPS store, but a UPS like trucks unloading those trucks and having you know being on top of it and constantly moving. Uh, got in really good shape during that, but um, yeah, but uh, obviously the military would be the most difficult with a lot of that stuff we had to do. Yeah, I don't think we're going to disagree with you there. Did yeah. you say that that course that you were laying concrete was in Reno? Is that what you said? Uh, uh, El Reno, El Reno, Oklahoma. Oh, El Reno in Oklahoma. Yeah, I was going to say. The El Reno Country Club. I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. Well, you said Reno, and that kind of picked a, another idea up in my head here, asking another question to you all. So, A, are you a gambler? And B, what's your favorite casino game? If you're anything like me, then you can't get enough about bourbon. And that's why I'm a subscriber to Bourbon Plus magazine. Bourbon Plus is a quarterly publication that tells the stories from the heart of bourbon. The farmers who grow the grain, the distillers who labor over the process, and the people like you and me who raise their glasses to celebrate it all. Subscribe to Bourbon Plus magazine today at bourbonplus.com, that's P-L-U-S dot com, and use code PURSUIT at checkout for $5 off your subscription. Shopify's already taken the cash register online, helping millions sell billions around the world. But did you know that Shopify can do the same thing at your retail store? Give your point-of-sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify's point-of-sale is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. And with Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. And get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's point-of-sale Go Mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash bourbon, all lowercase, and go to shopify.com slash bourbon to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash bourbon. So, A, are you a gambler? And B, what's your favorite casino game? I dabble. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not like a huge gambler because for my job, I work outside and it's hot and sweaty and 
like losing a hundred bucks in 10 minutes is like, oh, I do like it though. I like the thrill of it. So I usually like blackjack, but the last time I went to casino, my buddy talked Gala, one of our friends, talked me into playing craps. And I was like, I don't understand it. You know, it's too complicated. And then I was like, well, if Gala can do it, I can do it. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I sat next to him. He taught me and I was like enthralled and we won and like, and I was rolling and it was so much fun. Like I rolled for like 10 minutes and these people were like, Oh, you know, you're the best. And then you crap out and they're like, we hate you. Uh, you know, but that was really fun. Craps was, a, you know, you got a lot of people around you and you can play for a while. Um, but they all can take your money really quickly. Yeah. Play the pass line or something. I, I don't really know. How pass to play line, craps yeah. Either. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really know. That's to play. what we did mostly. Hmm. You go, you go Kenny and then I'll go. Yeah. So, I'd say I'd say I'm not much of a gambler. I I like my money too much, and I hate, as Ryan said, I hate losing my money really quickly. It's one of those things. That, that's why I love going to the horse track, and maybe people kind of agree with it too, because you could go to a casino and you could lose a hundred dollars in ten minutes, but you could go to the racetrack with a hundred dollars and you could be there all day, because it's a lot easier to spend yeah. six dollars on a race that only runs every twenty thirty minutes than it is to to do that because you go to a uh, you know, blackjack table where the minimum is $25 and you're like, well, this is going to go pretty quick. Uh, but if I had to choose a favorite, I'd say roulette. Roulette's probably one of my favorites. My, it's one of my dad's favorites as well. And you know, the worst I'll, odds. I'll, it's the worst odds, but I'll tell you what, when you, when you hit, it makes it, it makes it all go away. And his sort of strategy is one that I've always done as well. And that's always take red 23 and surround it. And Sometimes it it actually ends up working in your favor. The last <laughs> the last time I was in Vegas, I think I was down probably like two hundred bucks, something like that. And it was like one or two rolls left. I was like, all right, I'm done. I'm just gonna kind of go like all for broke on this last one. And I put five or ten chips on twenty three, and then surrounded it with some more, and then kind of placed some other ones. And what do you know? It lands on twenty three, and my day turned around as quick as you you you'd think. And I was I was probably I was pretty happy after that, but thankfully Lauren was with me and she said, "All right, I think you're done here. Let's go ahead and walk away." Wow, I I love I love roulette, but I I can't I can't play a lot of it. What what I do love I love watching people play roulette because they all have like this strategy going in, kind of like your dad. <laughs> yeah, and and they're like, never, they it never this, really works. <laughs> got this it's number. A, it's a ball bouncing on a wheel. It's like <laughs> how much strategy can you? <laughs> And then, and then they do the four quarters. Like, okay, we spread sixteen out. Like, even if it pays out, you break even. Like, but we didn't lose money. I'm like, <laughs> we could have just gone and had a hot dog and had a better time. I mean, I mean it's the strategy of roulette just cracks me up. But I always will play. I will always play at least once or twice. Um, I, I like blackjack, uh, but blackjack got kind of boring to me. And also, it got really like uh, I got started getting nervous when I started seeing people lose a lot of money. Like I was, uh, I hate seeing people lose money. Like that just like it devastates me. It bugs me personally. And I I'm in casinos. We're having fun. We're always going to the nice restaurants and shows. And we have a great time because we go to Vegas a lot. But we don't gamble a lot. And I remember going to we were. I did really well. I, I hit a jackpot, and I was like, we're going to go over here. I'm going to go to the high limits tables. And so I went to a high limits table, and there was an NFL uh, lineman there. I witnessed this guy lose like $20,000 in like two minutes. And I just got up. I felt numb. I, just, I walked away. I, I don't remember how much it was, but he was playing like 1500 a hand. It was a lot of friggin' money. And uh, I thought I was big time playing like 200 a hand. And you know, I walked that away. Is big time. I, I, I walked. That's pretty big time. <laughs> I, I walked away. Okay. Um, but my favorite to play after you know those kinds of incidents. Uh, I love playing the ponies, but that's not really a casino game. Um, I I really like high limit slots. So what I do is I will go into the high limit slots area, you know, with a couple hundred bucks, and it would it almost. I will always hit. I'll always hit like and I'll get fifteen hundred. I'll take that fifteen hundred and go out and find like uh a, another slot machine that seems to be like has like a decent pot but not out of reach. And then I'll hit there 
and then I'll go back in the high limit slots and 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 play. And I've done, you know, I've I've walked out with like ten grand before with Dang. that Dang. with that. And like it never the, happens to me. And the best and the best part of of doing high limit slots is you get points. And when you get points, you get really good comps. Like, and if you and they're they're trying to get your money back, and so they try to keep you there, obviously. But if you you can't be stupid about it. And um, here comes uh, the next book, High Slots Curious. Yeah, <laughs> High Limit Slots Curious, whatever. <laughs> but uh, my wife likes uh, she likes video poker, and and you know you get points out of that too. But uh, video poker is good. I like that. That's fun. See, that's just, a fun one. Yeah, you don't you just sit around. Slot and... machines are rigged. You tell me, video poker is not rigged. I mean, that's that's <laughs> yeah. that's that's one that you can hey, definitely you can't. There's there's no physical cards there. You have no idea what's going to happen. My wife hit a royal flush in Aruba playing video poker and paid out like I don't know a couple grand on Dang. a nickel. It was on a nickel one too, and she was betting like one or you know like one or two. And I was like, you got to do max bet every time. And then like five row five things later, she hits a royal flush, and I was like. Aren't you glad you did max bet instead of like one or two? Because it would only paid like a tenth of that. But yeah, but that's I, the only time we won. That's some pretty good luck. I was about to say, Mr. Papa Giorgio has never been on my side with uh, a lot of these big wins. Yeah, it's just a couple sure. hundred dollars here and there. Any anybody gets that that old uh, what was it? What, what was that Vegas vacation Vegas vacation reference? Yeah, yeah, that's right. I was like, yeah. where was that from? Dig up the coffee cans in the desert, cousin Eddie. <laughs> but I would take I I would take a like a horse track and some bourbon and a cigar any day of the week. That's like oh yeah, that's like totally. heaven to me. I it, you just I, do love it. I just think do we two dollar try boxes yeah. every race, twelve dollars race, and if you hit one, you hit pretty good. Most time you won't, but you only lost like a hundred bucks for the day. Let's see. So we we've talked about Vegas a little bit. We talk. I think we all agree on the horse racing thing. Uh, I guess that's another thing. We'll we'll talk about horse racing. So Ryan, you just said you're you do what your two dollar trifectas. Yep, two dollar right. dry box. So yep. so Fred, what's your what's your go to bet? So it's not so much a go to bet. It's it's reading the race, uh, and it's reading the race on paper and and the track. Um, my my strategy is is following the the speed. Um, and past finishes based on the track. So the track condition is a big one for me. A lot of people will put stock in trainers, which I do, and they'll take a look at the horse, which I do. But I put an overwhelming amount of, of stock into uh, the speed and how they finish. Um, and, and, you know, it's, it's a pretty good system. And, and what I'll do is I'll take, I'll find three horses, it, it depends on what my budget is for the day, but I'll, I'll take three horses that, that kind of meet my specs for uh, speed, take a look at the odds. You know, I, I don't like betting on overwhelming favorites, like if it's like a 6-5 favorite. I don't like betting on them uh, outside of like having them in a try box or something like that. So I, I really like like 10-1, to 6-1 to one horses because they – tend to fare really well if they're high speed horses. So I look for that kind of profile. Uh, and I look for, and when there's a horse that's like 40 to one, 50 to one, and it's got like, it's got like closing speed and, uh, it's not a muddy track. I'll put, I'll, I'll go crazy on them. I'll, I'll do a uh, hundred across the board if Whoa. it's, if it's the right race. Look uh, at yeah. you. And, and it's paid off. I mean, but it's also like, I had three derbies in a row where I had the winner, and then I've been on um, I've been on a streak that's uh, uh, not as good, but, <laughs> not so hot streak. But but like I've had some shows in there. But um, Churchill must be giving you vouchers for doing those legend series. Well, <laughs> betting that kind of money. I usually I usually have a bar. Well, I mean it's been a while. You know, last year I didn't go. The year before that I had a box. No, the year before that, I did the did the governors. Uh, I was a guest of the governors, and we did the millionaires row, and that was that was pretty fun. Uh, but um, yeah, but before that, I would always have a bar, and I would just be, you know, betting back and forth. And I know a lot of the handicappers, and it's just, they don't they're usually wrong, but it's fun talking to them and listening to their strategy. And when they're <laughs> and when they're right, they know everything, but. You know, I feel like it's like roulette. It's a ball bouncing around a wheel, 
this is just horses running in a circle and you they're animals you never know what they're gonna do. You know, it's like yeah. I love people's strategy and I'm like, it's horses running a circle. Anything can happen. <laughs> Anything can happen. Anything can happen. Yeah, that's and that's the fun part about it. Yeah. My my I again another kind of note I took off my dad. It, my wife always says it looks like I know what I'm doing, but I it's it it never works out. So I'll usually open up the the program and I'll go through and I'll start putting basically marks next to each horse and it, and I'll add a mark for different things. So if it has the most most wins out of anything, if it has the fastest time, uh, if it's had some of the the most races, uh, if I like the jockey, if the owner is has a good percentage, if the uh, if the trainer is the same as the owner, it gets bumped up a little bit as well. And so usually it's like, okay, if these if these horses have five or six or or four tick marks, I'll put it, you know, in a, in a win place show or something like that. And it works out about two percent of the time. So <laughs> sounds about right. Yeah, it's, strategy. Like I said, it it looks good on paper, but it never really never really works out. Yeah. It's okay. It's easy to lose a few bucks at the horse track. Keeps him in business. Keeps us having fun. All all it takes is that one time, and you got that feeling, you know. And it's it's a lot of fun. I mean, I know what I'm doing. You know. I'll keep coming back for years. I got this. Yeah. <laughs> it's like hitting that one magical shot in golf. You suck all day, and then you hit one, and you're like, yeah. I know what I'm doing. You had just the right balance of bourbon in your system, yep. and you somehow just got it straight down the fairway. Yep. All right. Yeah. So let's uh, let's finish off with one more. And, and this one is kind of a little more insightful, maybe something like that. So what's one part of the world that you still really want to see or experience? I think for me, Greece, uh, I'm, I'm fascinated with, with, uh, Greek culture. Like I love, I go into like Greek restaurants and they, they all kind of look the same, like no matter where they are in the world or in the country. Like they have a lot of plants, and they've got like a like a clouded ceiling. Um, there was this place in Milwaukee when I lived there called Blue Mound Gardens. It was my favorite restaurant to go to. People were like, why do you like going there? It's like, I don't know. I just like the I like the ambiance of like Greek places, and I like the way they I like the way they interact with one another. And I just I, I love the Greek the Greek culture is fascinating to me, and um, I, I think Greece would be. And I like old ancient ruins kind of thing. I think that'd be fun. It's got a story behind it. For yeah. Sure. What about you, Ryan? What's the what's the dream trip you think that you want to go on? Well, as with everything, I have two. <laughs> <laughs> so for fun, I'd love to go to like Patagonia, Chile, kind of Argentina, South America, kind of. Because I love mountains. I love mm-hmm. water. I love nature. And that's like... I don't know, and you look at the photos down there, it just looks, like, incredible. Um, and now, too, I'd like to go to the Holy Land in Jerusalem, just because I've been to Rome, I've been to Spain, and, like, you see all the old stuff there, which is really cool, and it's, like, crazy, because you read, and you go, you learn growing, growing up learning about all this stuff, then you see it in the flesh, but it'd be cool to see, like, you know, Jerusalem, and then, like, all the surrounding territories around it, you know, just to see, like, where... That's like ancient, ancient history. You know, mm-hmm. that'd be, that would be fascinating to me. I've been to Chile and Argentina, and you know, especially with your love for uh, for food, I think you're 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 smart to want to go there. Like, whenever you want to go, man, just let me know. I got still have a lot of friends down there, and uh, Chile, Chile is so underrated, so underrated. Everybody knows about Argentina, but Chile is kind of like, uh, you know, they they. They, it's an amazing country. Incredible people. Yeah, it looks like it. Uh, I've been researching. One day, we'll get there. One day. But Ryan, this one might kind of surprise you because Fred, Ryan, and I talk all the time and, mm-hmm. and we'll be driving somewhere. He's like, oh, check out that sunset. And I'm like, I don't give a shit about the sunset. Like, let's get there. Right? And so he's and he's like, he's like, oh, the fall foliage. Like, it looks so beautiful. It's like, ah, they're, they're leaves, man. Like, get them out of here. Like, let's go to the next season. So... uh <laughs> But this one's like it, you might kind of find this surprising. So Mr. I, Stoic, I know. I, I really kind of want to see the Northern Lights. I think that'd probably be really cool yeah. to to kind of yeah, that'd be awesome. You know, take a take a trip. I mean, it's never warm, but I feel like it would be uh, kind of cool to see something that you you know it's a pretty rare sight, and you just kind of look up the sky, and it's something 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 magical. So I think that part of you think it might be aliens, though. 
It's yeah, a, I don't. A, I don't want to think. We do have. We had that other icebreaker. Do you believe in aliens? A yeah. long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> that could get weird. Yeah. No, I we don't have enough I, time. I hope they're not aliens. I'm not going to say that aliens don't exist, but I'm going to say I hope they don't. It's a uh, Mother Nature's EDM show. <laughs> the, the, that's why Kenny wants to, <laughs> to go it. up there. Yep. All it's the lasers, natural lasers, yeah. and fog. <laughs> you pinpoint it, man. You got me. Yep. Cool. Well, guys, this was fun. It's kind of got a chance to let people know a little bit more about us and kind of our insights and other things that we want to see in the world and everything like that. So uh, should we finish it off with maybe something bourbon to keep people entertained with it? Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, Let's see. We did most underrated whiskey that you already for the round table. What about... How about uh, favorite, favorite bourbon shopping experience of the year? Okay. Favorite bourbon shopping experience. Favorite okay. favorite bourbon shopping experience of the year. Okay. We'll let you go first since you came up with it. <laughs> okay. Uh, you must have a... Yeah, yeah, no, I do. Like, um, I remember, and I, I sent you guys a text uh, of this when I was in Atlanta, and I was, I, was there, I was in an area for a meeting, and I just saw this hole-in-the-wall liquor store in a lot that kind of looked... Had a little bit of an abandonedness to it, you know? It didn't look like the shopping area was doing very well and i walked into this liquor store and it was just like a sea of uh of product and they had an you know uh probably 12 rows high of bourbon and and like uh, a good 20 feet across i mean it was it was big it would be even big for like kentucky standards like louisville i mean it would and they had weller they had willet they had all of these and really hard to find products on the shelf and i saw y'all's uh you know pursuit united up there and i was like oh this is pretty cool and i ended up buying a bunch from there because i had to take it for a meeting for a tasting and um you know i i just to me that's one of my that's one of my favorite experiences when i walk into a rando liquor store that have i have low expectations for and i see the sea of uh of bourbon well, I'm just glad we found ours. Yeah, bought the bottle too. Yeah. Well, I'll I'll tell mine. So this actually happened relatively recently, and that's because it's you know it's you go most of the time you just go out to the store and you, you find something, get something, but it was nothing that you know really kind of like the the heavens opened or anything like that. And the days of getting lucky at the store and just finding something on the shelf are few and far between for me. Right. But it was Thanksgiving Day this year. Thanksgiving Day, I go to uh, Total Wine near our house because we needed, I forget, it was, we needed some sort of like a big thing of bitters. Anyway, I go there and it's 11 o'clock in the morning, right? The place had just sort of opened up and I'm sitting there and yeah, what we all do? We go, we go to the liquor store. Even if we don't need to, I go to the bourbon aisle anyway, just to look, just to peruse. Every time. Because yeah. you got to see you know, what else is out there. What do we not know mm-hmm. about? And it's, it's kind of looking at what are the prices? What are these people doing? And I ended up running into one of my one of my friends uh, from high school. And he had his kid there. And we're just sitting in the bourbon aisle. We're just talking. And uh, his kid's probably, I don't know, two, something like that. And we're just sitting there just talking it up. And his kid starts running down the aisle like really quickly. And so we we go chasing after him. And towards the end of the aisle is when you get to the glass case. And looking inside the glass case, I look in there and I'm like, oh, they got a Stag Junior barrel pick from Total Wine in there. And nobody had known about it. They usually, people might not know about this, but anything like that, that's usually when the, the bat signal goes in the air and everybody's flying there to go and get it off the shelves and i was me and him were the first people to kind of spot it and ended up getting the bottle and going home and i, I tried texting a few people all right i think i texted you i was like hey if you need one run over to total right now but it was one of those things that's like i i never never come across that anymore in the wild so it was wow it was kind of random for me to be able to find especially that. especially in louisville you know yes i don't think i've ever seen stag jr on a shelf wow in yeah, it's seven it's been eight a year. It's been a long time to even find Stag Junior on the shelf. That's very mm-hmm. true. All right, so mine popped in my head. It, was, it actually just happened last weekend. I was at the Louisville International Airport and I was in the lobby and uh, I walk in and I was like, I see a 
bottle with green label and green. I was like, is that Henry McKenna? And I was like, because I haven't, same thing. I haven't seen Henry McKenna ever since this guy. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Kind of ruined uh, it for everybody, getting, didn't he? Yeah. So anyways, I was, you know, and I was going to Dallas and I was like, I was like, uh, I should get one. And they were charging 60 bucks. I was like, and, I, and this guy walks in with his wife and they were just, you could tell they weren't from here and they were on like a connecting flight and they were just looking at stuff and they're like, I could overhear them like trying to figure out a Christmas gift for their son. They're like, you know, they're like, does he like this one? Does he not? And I like, I go, guys, you all need to get one of these bottles. Like, because you can't find these anywhere. And this is really great whiskey at $60. Normally it's like probably what 30 at retail, but you're not going to find it that. So I would get one of these. And the guy's like, are you sure? And I was like, just trust me, get one. I'm a, I got a and, podcast. <laughs> and then I go, well, no, I didn't say anything. And I was like, so Tiffany and I walk to our terminal. We're sitting there, you know, like 20 minutes passes by. And this guy comes up to me and he goes, we just texted my son. And he is like freaking out because he has never had a bottle of Hemerkin and he loves bourbon. And now we can give that to him. And I was like, Dude, that's awesome. You know, he came up out of his way to tell me, thank you for, for telling him that. But so, cause I don't have any cool stories cause I don't shop and I can't find shit when I do shop. So <laughs> that was my highlight of the year. <laughs> that's awesome. That's a great story, Ryan. That's a great story. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Well, fellas, happy Christmas. Merry Christmas to you all. Merry Christmas to all of our listeners out there. Thank you once again for another incredible year and, and sticking with us. And make sure we got a lot. This is, we're just starting. It's just Bourbon's just starting. This podcast is just starting. We got a long way, a lot of cool topics to cover going into 2022. So really excited for you all to be joining us going into the new year. But again, thank you for sticking around, learning a little bit more about us. And cheers, everybody. We'll see you next week. Woo! Toodles. Vodka sucks. 2022 year of vodka. <laughs> <Just> kidding. <laughs> Keep it going. <laughs>